Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, I'm Audley Stevenson, and this is the Audacious Living Podcast, hands down, the most audacious podcast that you will find on the internet, and I want to take this opportunity to say thank you for being here, and I appreciate you taking a moment out of your day and spending here with us as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. Uh, as always, uh, I encourage you to connect with us through our social media channels, i uh, got to get that business out of the way. Uh, when you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious Pod. And then you go, if you head over to Facebook uh, and type in The Audacious Living Podcast and search engine, you'll find us. And then lastly, on our YouTube channel, uh, since you're subscribing, subscribe to our YouTube channel by uh, clicking on that notification bell down below and uh, you'll immediately be connected. Uh, so again, simply, it's just, it's really easy. Like, follow, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Uh, let's keep this audacious conversation flowing for as long as we possibly can. Now, on this episode of the podcast, uh, we'll be talking about the importance of, of, of following that thing that drives you. And, and, and I know many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. We all get that silent nudge inside of us from time to time, and it encourages us to make a change or, or, or move. Uh, sometimes that change is entirely different because it's going in a vastly different direction that we didn't plan for or we didn't even see coming. And that's where it gets tricky because we now are in a situation where we have to take this blind leap of faith and trust that we're take that, that that jump that we're taking that it's in the right direction that's best for us. Uh, even if it goes against what you thought, believed, or hoped for yourself, you just have to trust and again take that leap of faith. Uh, my good friend Nadine Liverpool is on the podcast, and she can tell you all about this as you know she was once in a situation where she was uh really forced to make a decision and in this instance she left a, a promising and successful career as a sports media broadcaster and decided to make the move over into the digital marketing space now it's it's a field that she had an interest in in fact she had done some she dabbled in her past if you will so it, it wasn't that vast huge of a jump but considering how much time energy and effort she put into being a sports broadcaster in a number of years, you know, it certainly can get a bit tricky. And, you know, uh, this is what goes back to what we see for ourselves. And, and in this instance, you know, she got a calling and she followed it. And, and that's so key. Uh, there's so many great lessons to be learned from Nadine's story, and I'm going to let you hear it all from her because I don't want to take away uh, from the lessons that she'll impart by, by revealing more of her story. So I'm going to take this opportunity to stop talking, slide over to the side, and give you a chance to hear from my good friend Nadine Liverpool on following that thing that drives you. Enjoy. I just kind of like to talk. So if that's okay with you, I want to just talk. Yeah, 
I'm totally just go with it. Like, let's just go with it. So, Nadine, it's, it's, it's so good to have you sitting here with me on the Audacious podcast. It only makes sense uh, because you are oh so audacious. So thank you for being here. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you. Yes, yes. It, and it's funny, we talked before we turned, we hit the record button. Uh, this seems like a conversation that probably felt like it should have happened a long time ago, right? Hey, do you remember the first time I met you? I'm, I, I think it was at a basketball tournament. And yes, you, and, I, and I know, you I know what you did to me. I, if I recall correctly, I bombed your demo. It, yes, but not my demo. No, okay. You, like, you were doing you a totally hit. Totally bombed my stand up. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And I think I think you used it as part of your demo later on. I remember seeing that and laughing. Yes, though. and I did add it. Were you like walking <laughs> in where I'm like full like midway yes. in my stand up, and yes. I'm like yes. Yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I just I just wanted to be a part of what, the aura that you were bringing. So there we go. <laughs> and I'm glad I made the cut. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And so, yeah, so that was the first time. But it's like, as I was saying before, I feel like I've, I've watched you long, long before that, because, you know, you, you know, back when back when you were sitting at your mom's kitchen table making uh, YouTube videos. My goodness. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That was like way back then, like over a decade ago. So, so, so let's, let's start there because clearly at that point in time, the dream or the desire, the goal was to get into sports broadcasting or sports media in some capacity. And, 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 and that was, I fair to say that was your starting point. Right. And then you moved on from there. Yeah, actually, like, I would say that wasn't my first, first starting point. I would say okay. it's my first starting point in terms of like making actual video content. Right. So like in terms of like my, where my sports media background actually started, it actually started when I was in school in the States mm -hmm. at UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Yep. So I played soccer and I was on um, athletic scholarship and my junior year, I would say of college, I used to watch so much like sports media. So this is back in the day when I used to, when first take had like Skip Bayless yes. and Janelle Hill yes. and uh, Dana Jacobson. Like I'm going back. With yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I used to be, I was like so obsessed. And the one thing that really got me excited and I was like, I think I want to pursue this was seeing Jamel Hill. Yeah. And it was the fact that like, it wasn't just Jamel Hill being a black female, but it was Jamel Hill being a black female, giving her opinion on sport yeah. yes. on yeah. a national level. Yes. And I had never seen that before. It was non-existent. Like, fascinated. It was non-existent. It didn't exist. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I was like, okay, I like love first day. It was like my favorite show. Yep. And I realized at the time I was actually pursuing a degree in psychology, but most student athletes have no idea what they want to do post like graduation. Sure. I just was like, Sure, I'll take psychology because sure, but I knew I just wanted to play soccer. But right. full circle when it comes to like where I am now in my life, me picking psychology as a degree makes like perfect sense because I'm like obsessed with like human behavior and like yep. people and stuff like that. Yep. But focusing on sports at that moment when I realized like I think I like sports more than the average person. Right. I decided to intern for the sports information department at UAB okay. and most people who like intern, they are doing it for credit. 
and I was getting a junior psychology, so I didn't. It, there's no correlation, right? So they looked at me like I was a weirdo. Right, They're yeah, like, right here. "You just want to do this because you're passionate about it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. like I do." And they're like, "Okay." And actually, at the time, like when I look back, like this is an amazing internship. I was actually responsible for all of like the post game interviews, right? For all of the men's basketball games at UAB. Yeah. So UAB yeah. was in like Conference USA, and their and their main rival was Memphis. This mm-hmm. is when like John Calipari was coaching yes. Memphis, like Derek Rose on the team, yep. and, like Joey Dorsey and those. Yes. Ha- and I'm literally like in the, in the front row as yeah. an intern, like there, like I'm just in it. That's and amazing. basically I got to like interview John Calipari and a bunch of other like big uh, Conference USA coaches. Yep. So that was like my first kind of taste of like, the excitement of I would say like American sports and like really yeah. seeing like okay I think I really like this yeah and then yeah. when I moved back to Toronto after graduation I actually went I decided to go back to school mm-hmm. for sports journalism mm-hmm. and I was like okay Nadine like even seeing Jamel Hill I will also probably a lot was a big motivator I was like sure, sure. you're a black female trying to break in into this industry in Canada and what are you going to do to be different? Like, yeah. what are you going to do to kind of show people, hey, like, pay attention to me? Yes. And that's when I said, okay, maybe I should start a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Like, I like to talk. I love Kobe. I love the Lakers. Like, I'm just going to go for it. And I had no experience. I actually yeah. had a friend mail me, like, a little, like, cheap little, like, $50 camera. I didn't okay. for that. And I just pressed record. And I just started talking. Yeah. Like, and I just went for it. And then yep. three months, three months, oddly, after that, that's when I got approached by Gerald Brown from the Bottom Sports Show. And he was just like, yeah, you know, this radio show with yep. Penny Hardaway and Charles Oakley, like, no yep. big deal. I'm like, what? That's you right. want me from Toronto? And mostly they're primarily based out of New York. And that's yeah. right. And then right. I ended up beco- becoming like the first female co-host for, for, right. yeah. for that show. And I, and, I, and I remember vividly because as, as I was saying, you know, at that, at that same time, concurrently, I was on the very same platform and I knew Gerald and back, I'd been on a show a few times and we'd done the back and forth thing. So when I heard you and then learned that you're from Toronto, I'm going, wait a second, what, 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 how, how did that happen? When did I miss that? Right. But uh, so I thought that was a really, really cool moment. And that's when I first really you know, heard your name and knew who you were. And I'm like, oh, this is really, really cool. And uh, the piece that always stood out about you was just the, the energy and passion, right? It was clearly there. And, 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 and that's a really um, a, a, an attractive quality in terms of like you, you drawing people in, right? People, right. people are connected to passion. They're, they're attracted to sort of, especially like-minded individuals. So that was definitely the things I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And it was great to see you go. Yeah, it was a great experience. I think I, we, you know, we interviewed a lot of like high profile athletes. Of yeah. course, coming through like Penny and Oak and whatnot. Yeah. And I even got the opportunity to go to an actual like in person event in Chicago with them. So I actually like, met Penny in person and met Charles Oakley in person and Very you know, cool. a bunch of you know NFL and like NBA players. Yeah. So I, I think it was a great opportunity for me to get that exposure in in all like like on the radio side. Yes. But I think I always knew like at that 
point in time that like I wanted to do television. So I was always like, okay, like I really want to like, you know, be on air. So I actually, you know, got opportunity like after the radio show, I actually, you know, ended up having a brief, I would say, guest appearance on like MTV. Mm-hmm. And it was like a like I don't want to say it was a sports show. I would say it was more like a sports pop culture show. Okay. Yeah, okay. But yeah, with like Aaliyah Jasmine and it was called right. Play with AJ. And then it ended up morphing into this like competition style kind of thing where they were going to like actually pick a winner from the whole series. Right. And I actually won the whole thing, which was like pretty awesome. And at the time I was named like the biggest sports blogger in Canada. And I think this was back like in 2013 yeah so i was just like oh my gosh that's like amazing that well and again i think the combination of taking advantage of the opportunities uh the interest and the passion and you sort of merging that together and you know that's what you know creates these things for us right and uh there's something that you said i want to go back to uh, you said earlier with respects to when you look back and everything kind of makes sense. And uh, I think I really speaks to the journey. We're all on this journey that we go through life and we're all have all these experiences, but what's not until you look back and you go, okay, oh, I needed to do that. Or that made sense, or this is where it fit for me. And I think that was, you made that point. I want to touch on that because I think it's, it's, it's really important for people to recognize that the things that you do now, they're not like a waste. They fit. You just got to figure it out. They're not obviously like they are not. And it just it you it may not make sense right now, but I eventually it will, right? And it kind of like sticking on that theme, like at the same time that I was like doing MTV and then even when I, you know, was making guest appearances on NBA TV, like on the hangout and stuff like right. that, like I was still working behind the scenes at like Sportsnet and TSN. And in terms of like, you know, things happen for a reason. When I was working behind the scenes for Force and TSN, I was working like primarily, like mo- I would say like 75% of my job was like working on like soccer specific content. So okay. I was working like on Soccer Central, whether it was for, um, for, um, for Sportsnet or I was working on like, and when I transitioned to TSN, I was working on TSN Soccer Morning Show. Right. And I was working like on big events, like, you know, like, you know, like Euro, whatever, mm-hmm. like yep. 20, not 2020, but like Euros, yeah, and like Euro. yep. FIFA World Cup and like even, yes, smaller stuff like MLS or whatnot. But I was basically like behind the scenes, like writing the scripts for all the hype and putting highlight packs together and like working with all the talent. Right. And at the time I was just, I would always kind of look at, you know, uh, like we're not necessarily like Sportsnet and, and TSN anchors, but I would look at Rebecca Lowe from NBC Sports at the time when it came to like Premier League um, content. Okay. And I would always be like, I want to be Rebecca Lowe, right? And, 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 and like Rebecca Lowe was the main female studio host for NBC Sports because NBC Sports owned the rights to the Premier League, right? Because Sportsnet's um, team was primarily all men and then like TSN's was mostly right. men maybe mm-hmm. Andy Petrillo would pop in here then but yep. mainly all men right? that's right that's right and when I then got the opportunity to like um go to Trinidad and work for full sport I basically I was given the opportunity to be like the Rebecca Lowe of the Caribbean wow. wow and the show that I hosted like Premier League Weekly I just looked back and I was just like oh my gosh like this is what I've always wanted and as much as like a lot of people may know me at the time in Toronto, like doing a lot of basketball content, yep. like 
I'm not a basketball player, guys. Like, as much as I know my ball, like, right. I don't know my ball the way, you know, a, a player would. Archer will know, can, like, break down film or sure. any of that. You know what I'm saying? Understood. Like, like, yeah, right? So I always felt like being in Canada, I was kind of forced into that box. Like, I had to be the basketball girl, to be honest, because I'm Black and that's comfortable and we're we're used to that. But I was always like, but I played soccer at right. a really high level. I got a full scholarship. Like right. I never played pro, but I've been on a junior national team. Look, I still wear my my conference ring. I don't know if you can see it. Like I'm a soccer girl. And I yep. always felt in Canada, they didn't really care. They're gotcha. like, okay, yeah, gotcha. so what? Like we're okay with you being on air for basketball, but right. soccer, like our very conservative, like yep. British type of audience, yep. I don't think they would have embraced me. Got you. Got you. Um, it's, 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 it's fascinating because again, we talk about the opportunities and things that we're meant to do. And so that was a, a great example illustration on that. You know, the, the point where we were talking about sort of experiences, uh, I wonder maybe if you sort of touch on the significance of just being open opportunities, because, you know, you know, something may present itself. It may not be in your plans. It may not be what you're looking for. It may not even be what you necessarily wanted, but there's still insignificance in giving it a shot or giving it a try because you don't know what it could lead to. Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I was very proactive in like making the opportunities happen for me. Like I was like, if if like I don't need to like I was very kind of big like I don't really need to really be um, at the table. I'm going to create my own table. So in the sense like when I created Sports Nation. At first, it was just me, you know, in my mom's kitchen, like talking crap and talking about sports. But then I realized it can grow into something more. Right. And like, that's when I actually like had to hire like a cameraman and like, you know, people were inviting me and like paying me to like come to their local tournaments to like cover it and stuff like that. And I think that's when I kind of learned like, okay, like I'm just more than just like the girl that can talk sports. Like, you know, people are actually looking at me as an actual authority. Right. So I would say when it comes to actual opportunities, like, I think it's about like, can you create your, create your own, right? Everyone's waiting for the call from somebody to put them on, but like, is there a way you can put yourself on? And yeah, at first when I was like going out, like into the field and doing stuff on my own, I wasn't right. getting paid for it. Sure. I was like, you know, reaching out to athletes, like, Hey, like I would reach out to like Javon Shepard, who I've known for a long time. Like, Hey, can I interview you? And he'd be like, Sure, right? Or, you know, like reaching out to like, hey, can I come interview you? And like, they're like, yeah, like, sure. Like, I remember I interviewed Ashley Lawrence and Khadija Buchanan, two females on, you know, the Olympic winning gold women's right. world, um, um, women's soccer team, right? Yep, Just yep. won the gold at the Olympics. I, I interviewed them when they were 20 years old. Wow. When, wow. You know what I mean? So I'm that, I was always that person that was like, well, let me interview the people that are up and coming. Like, I don't. Yep need to interview LeBron James or Kyle Lowry, which is amazing. Sure. But there's other athletes out there that are deserving of that spotlight as well, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it is. And, and I think being, th those individuals are always in demand, right? Those individuals right. are always going to be, someone's going to always want their attention, always want their time. But they're like those, those unsung heroes, if you will, that are out there who have great stories. And that's really what it's about. Amazing. Great Amazing. stories. And, 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 and I've always been fascinated with the pathway and the journey that people get to where they go to. And, and athletes are no different in terms of their individual stories. 
Yeah, I know. Like you are totally right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you 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 transition out of sports and talk about what that looked like for you because it seemed like you were, you know, you're getting in some momentum, you were making things happen, but that wasn't doing it for you. Is that safe to say? Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, like I would say when I think for me like starting the YouTube channel and really learning more about the digital world. I think I always wanted to be more digital focused Okay. and I didn't know how to. So I think I, to be honest, I kind of like played it safe and I'm like, well, you know, let me just stick on this like mainstream media track. Like I have the connect Sportsnet, TSM, but I always wanted to like get into digital. Right. But then when I got at full sports, I was like, I can't, I cannot say no. You know what I mean? Like they're offering me like an opportunity to host a Premier League show. I got to cover two Super Bowls. Like you can't oh, say goodness. no to that, right? Oh, but after I moved back to Toronto, I re I'm I sorry, and how long were you doing that? How long were you doing that flow sports? So I was only at Flow Sports for for two years. Okay. Right. And wow. then I moved back to Toronto and then even full sports shifted or whatnot. So even just the way it was set up, like, I know I, I wouldn't have been there very long, probably like okay. three years max. I would have been here just in terms of like their, their like rights and, 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 and like all of that stuff. Right. Yep. yep. When I moved back to Toronto, I was just kind of like the world's my oyster. Like I'm not tied to anything right now. I can really decide like what I want to do. And I, and oddly, I was, I was so conflicted because I had spent, I basically spent my whole life in sports, right? Like it. not just in media as an athlete, like I've yep. been playing sports since I was like eight, nine years old. Like that's it. over like 20 years of a career in sports. And I was just at that place where I'm like, I think this is the time to make the pivot, the pivot right. you've always wanted to make but you were too scared to make yes. because you didn't, because everyone's in your air about what you can do in sports and external validation and like all of that stuff. Right. And basically I like took the summer to like chill. I never made a decision. And I remember I got asked to be on the season premiere of the hangout on okay. NBA TV okay. in like October. Yep. Right. And I did it. And after I did it, I was like, I'm done. I just knew at that moment, I was like, done. Not to say like the show wasn't good or anything like that. Like, no. I just knew like me, my, that passion that you said I had, I just yeah. knew it was gone right. and it was not coming back like ever right. again when it came to like sports, like in that way. And for me to then now say, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm like done. Like mic drop, I retire like from sports media. And, and that is. It just created a lot of backlash and people didn't understand, you know, and I kind of like related to like me leaving sports media as the equivalent of me like denouncing a religion. It was me just saying like, I'm no longer Christian. I don't believe in Jesus. What? How dare you? Holy totally water on me. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going to hell. <laughs> How dare you? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think that. It's, 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 we laugh and joke about, but it's, it's a really important point in this, Nadine, that we are, are paying attention to what our insides are telling us. And if the calling isn't there, we need to kind of look at that and evaluate that because the, the, the last thing you want to do is have be, be, and it's okay, great. You got this great job in sports media, but it's not doing nothing for you. 
There's no happiness in that. No, it's, it's, that's exactly right. You know? And, and I think for me, when I knew it wasn't just like NBA TV was the defining, it was like, wasn't a defining moment. I knew a shift was happening when I went to this, my second Super Bowl, right? And basically like, I'm really into the, like the digital space, like the creator economy and stuff like that. I'm a very, and I'm a very big, like Gary Vaynerchuk fan. Like Gary okay. Vaynerchuk is like a really, I would say sure, like yeah. the yep. social media godfather or whatnot. Yep. And I remember when I was in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, Gary Vaynerchuk's new book, Crushing It, had just been released. Okay. And I was more excited to go to the bookstore and buy his book than interviewing Marshawn Lynch for the New England Patriots. Wow. Or being literally two feet away from Tom Brady, okay? And it didn't do anything for me. I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's Tom Brady. That's that's cool. I was more excited to be like, okay, when do I get a break from interviewing Deion Sanders and all these other like, you know, NFL Hall of Famers so I can get into this book because I want to learn more about, and that's when I knew like, this is not really for you anymore, Nadine. Like there's a shift going on, right? And ever, and then when I came back, I realized, okay, I think this is the time to kind of like make the shift. And a lot of people, you know, when you want to pivot into something else, I learned so much about just how people like view me in the sense that people only really valued me like when I was in sports media because of the value it like indirectly does for them. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they I do. can I do. say, oh, I, I know Nadine Liverpool. Like she does X, Y, Z. And right. you know, I have a picture in Nadine Liverpool, but like, what do you say now? Right. Now that right. I work in tech, like do you know what I mean? In terms of like yeah. how society like views the importance yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Like sports and television and like news, like we glorify those industries. Right. So for me to say, I'm like stepping down, it's like, you're downgrading and right. I'm like right. no I'm upgrading right but but most people don't see it that way that's right well and, and again it's it's your what's what you're passionate about what you're excited about what your what your, our hearts desire right we all we yeah. our, our hearts have our has a way of calling us and directing us where to go and again if the passion isn't there then the pivot has to happen the question I want to ask, though, is as you're kind of going through that process and figuring out, were you were you afraid to make the shift or change, or were there any oh, fears at all? Yeah, yeah, most definitely, right? Especially as I said, I spent over 20 years in sports, so it's kind of like what I've known. But I kind of went through like a spiritual journey, and I would say, and kind of like my own little awakening in these last few years, like being separated from sports media. And when I look at deep dive in my life, I realized that like, I don't know if I even wanted to be involved in sports. Like my, like to give you some context, like my dad put me in it, right? And I look back and my dad was vicariously living through me, right? From since I was a young age, it was like me making it was like him making it. And when I look back, I'm like, well, who was like little Nadine before daddy told you how to be a soccer star? Who was little Nadine before mommy told you had to be a TV star? So something you may not know about me is that my mom had me doing like um, being extra in movies and stuff like that as well when I was a kid. So the whole television sports thing, it just, my parents like put that into me. Who was I before all of that? And I was like, I was a nerd and I still am a nerd. 
like the books you see here. Like I used to read books all the time. I was so into technology. Yep. I'm like, that's who my like inner child yes. really is. Right. So right. I look back and I'm like, well, in some ways I feel like me pursuing this, I don't, I will never say I regret sports because it's done so much for my life. Sure. But I think a part of it, I think I suppressed who I really was in order to be this thing who my dad wanted me to be. And I, yeah. and I felt, and yeah. after flow and like being on the hosting a Premier League show, which was like my dream job, I kind of felt like, Hey dad, like I did it. Right. Like, like, like what yeah. more do I need to do? Right. Yeah. And yeah. to give you some more, my dad's actually passed. Right. So even yeah. when I was at full sports, my dad was, my dad passed in 2012. But after yeah. that, I kind of felt like what more, yeah. there's nothing more for me to, 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 right. to do. Right. Right. Like, yes, maybe, okay, working for ESPN or something would be like a great accomplishment, but I just felt like well, I've done everything. Right, you know? and, and, and there's the whole satisfaction piece too, right? Like if it's not there, it's not there. And it sounds like you're really living your parents' dreams and not your own yeah. because you hadn't had an opportunity to figure out what your, your dreams were. Right, and I think that's what I did the past few years. It's like, well, maybe I'm like, what do you like? Right. And can you do that introspection without any outside voices? Right. Because gotcha. gotcha. you know, when you talk to people who are have their own bubbles and their own limiting beliefs and their own perspectives, it's going to mess up what you have in your head for your vision for your life. So I think that was really important yeah. for me to like not really ask anyone their opinion of what I wanted to do with my life. It was like, yeah. I'm making it for myself. And yeah, I'm like really, really happy with the decision I made. And you know, what's, 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 what's crazy about that is these people that are, are, are coming sometimes they, and a lot of them, they really want the best for you. Yeah. And you know, and, and yes not and all no. right. <laughs> well, that, I mean, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, some do, there are some, not all right. Yeah, some yeah. do. They, they really are looking out for you, but it's a projection uh, of their own fears, their own maybe mistakes, their own personal setbacks, their own failed dreams, maybe that 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 they're projecting and telling you, no, 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 Nadine, you, you can't do that because it's not going to work. And really, it's not going to work. It didn't work for you, but that doesn't mean that I can't make it work. Right. I think there's a quote that it was kind of like, it's go perfect for this, where it's kind of like, someone's floor or, or like someone's I don't know like someone's floor could be your ceiling or something I can't okay. remember the quote but it's like basically saying like someone's vision for you could be like so small because that's how small the vision they have for themselves right gotcha. Gotcha. and and that whole like projection and I did not know anything about that a few years ago oddly so like you know, and I, and now I mean, I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I see it everywhere. I, I, I go through it a lot where I see so many people are trying to project their limiting beliefs onto me. And, and I, and I try really hard, like not to get offended and like not to get triggered, but I just know like what's for you is for you. And what's yes. for me is for me. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So talk about that process, this new, this process of identifying yourself or the self-discovery. What did that look like? A lot of crying. Mm. <laughs> There's like, it's not like people think it's so pretty and like, you're just like in a forest discovering yourself or something. Right. 
like there's good and there's ugly to it because like I would let's start with the ugly in the sense that you know just looking back at like my life and like parents and friends and like certain people like that I've had in my life and I realized I I always put other people's opinions ahead of the opinion I had of myself right? right And I realized I had a lot of like low self-worth, you know, but I tried not to like, you judge yourself, but not judge yourself too hard because I right. realized from a very young age, my parents, especially my, my dad, when they came to sports, this made me feel like you have to do what I say. Right. So I was trained very young to like, not really, you know, like to like, I would say suppress my emotions. And I didn't really have critical thinking skills and like stuff like that. So now that I'm a, I'm a bit older, a little bit more wiser, and I'm now like reading a lot more books, right? Like I replace watching sports and that consumerism yep. with like reading like self-development books and but reading books that I know would really help me with like, you know, my recovery and kind of like with my journey. So that really helped me um, a lot, I would say. For sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and one thing, uh, and again, uh, you, you wonderful job you're, you're on social media in terms of just being you and being real. And it's funny, you know, when, when, when I was wanting to sit down and talk with you, the thing, authenticity is the first thing that came to mind. You said to me, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, authenticity has got to be because you're very real. And, and part of your realness is you're very open about your experiences, uh, whether you know good or bad or, per, or perceived good or bad. Like, I mean, it's, it's what you've gone through. And so I want to sure talk about the importance of just being real about, about who you are and sharing that when you share that. Yeah, I think, you know, in some ways I haven't been real in some, in some cases. And I feel like in some ways I, I, I was like, I had like a false self in, in a sense and like not real realizing like who I was. And I think that's maybe why maybe in the past I'd like maybe surrounded myself with people who like weren't really a good fit for me and stuff like that. So I think because like my self-discovery and realizing in ways that maybe like I was kind of like faking it, maybe not consciously faking it, but no, like you, subconsciously. Just, you just didn't know. Right. right, right now I'm just like, there's no turning back. Like, I don't mm. want to go back to being that person. And I think that's another reason why I decided to kind of like pivot away from sports media going into tech. I was like, especially working in the Caribbean, like I was like encouraged to be this, my fun, like energetic, kooky self that I am right now. Cause this is who I really am. Nice. And I kind of feel that in this kind of, you know, market in like Canada for in particular, like we don't realize that we're, I would say the media market is a lot more conservative than they think they are. Right. And me, as you know, I'm saying like my Jamal Hill is like my hero and all that stuff. Like I kind of take from her. I always felt like, I don't think who I am will be accepted if I wanted to keep going on in sports media in the Canadian market, right? Just because I'm I'm very opinionated, I'm very outspoken, yep. I'm a black girl right, and all right, that stuff, right? right? right. I'm very aware of that. And, but I was still like, well, I will never tone down who I am right. just to be accepted and work in that industry, right? Like, like no- That is so important. Nadine, that, 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 that is such an important point. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it really oh, is- because, because, you know, we can't limit ourselves. We can't, 
You know, we can't not be who we are. And I, I really believe that if we're being and putting our best foot selves forward and being that person we're supposed to be, then we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're benefiting everyone else. So people need to see us for who we truly are. Exactly. And I'll tell you this quote that not a quote, but something that, that a sportscaster told me has always stuck with me. Okay. This was like my first year as an intern. I was mm -hmm. working for like two of the biggest sportscasters at the time in Canada. Yep. And one of them told me, I won't like say his name or anything. He told me working in sports media is 50% of who you are and 50% of who the network wants you to be. Mm. Now, this is a white male telling me this. Wow. So I said to him, so what's the percentage for a black female? <laughs> 10% myself, 90% the network. If it's 50, 50 for you, right. it's obviously the percentage is not the same for me. And he just right. laughed and he was just like, Oh, don't, but I'm like, honestly, right. Yep. Yep. But that has always stuck with me throughout my whole career. So when I came back and I was like, Hey, what do you want to do Nadine? And I was just like, and I would watch some of the programming and I'm like, it's still the same. It's like, Nadine, like you are, and, and the, the thing too is all you remember, like I have been in the Caribbean. I have an yep. audience in the Caribbean. I've gone to school in the States. I know I have an audience in the States and yep. being, and you know, being online, your audience is global. Yes. Right. Yep. And that's the biggest thing about digital that I love. Right. Yes. Mainstream media is great and awesome within, within Canada, but that's just Canada. Yes. Right. Like let's think bigger. Yes. Right. With the internet, like this interview, anybody can see this. Someone from right. Australia can see it. Someone from India can see it. That's right. Someone, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so for me to come back and be like, okay, I built this huge, like kind of like community or, or, or audience or fans in the Caribbean. And I have that in the States as well. And yep. I even have interest from, from why would I come to just limit myself to right. national television? And I know that may sound, I feel like I sound very like snobby, but I'm not, I'm just no. looking at it as like, there's things, people don't realize that in 2021, like mainstream media isn't the end all be all. Correct. Right. Correct. And you things can, have changed. Things have changed. changed. Yeah. You can build your online and do way bigger things than you can ever do from a television standpoint. Again, no knock against people who no. work in television. I just want to say no. that we're like, Oh, you hating. I'm not hating, but I'm just saying like, no. there's, I get it. There's bigger, there's bigger things that, that, that you can do if you're willing to build it yourself. Got it. No, no, you make, it makes perfect sense. And you're absolutely right. You know, we are in a totally different era in terms of reach and the impact that we can have individually. And, and you're right. Uh, I've, I've, I've had people from Australia hit me up and, Hey, like your show. And so I, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The opportunity is there. And I just think it's wonderful because again, that reach, if you're that individual that wants to make a difference, that wants to make an impact, man, you're excited at the possibilities, right? So I get it loud and clear. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I would say like, and even like for right now, like I work, um, yep. primarily like in the tech industry. Right. Yep. So, um, so the company I work for is called Jobber. Okay. So Jobber actually sells, like, I would say like customer management software for entrepreneurs, or, like small and in, in the small home service business space. Right. Okay. 
So in terms of like the tech ecosystem in Canada, like some of the biggest, like, I would say like tech companies would, that people know of are like Shopify when it comes to like e-commerce mm-hmm. or even like Wealthsimple when it comes to like FinTech. And like Jobber is an actually like, um, like a, I, I would say like an award winning, like one of the fastest growing startups right now in Canada. And they're actually like based out of Edmonton. And what I love about them too, is that like the way that I think big, like they think big too. And Amazing. they have customers like all over the world. Amazing. So I think that's awesome that like, yes, I am like here, like, yes, in Canada, like in, you know, Ontario, but I'm working for a company that's just not known on a national level, but it's known on a global yeah. level. Yeah, that's amazing. Do, do you remember when the kind of light bulb went off? You're like, oh my gosh, this is a space I need to be in. Do you remember that moment? I knew that when I was still in sports media. Amazing. So, okay. Quickly go back. So I remember when I was working at Sportsnet, yep. I was trying to figure out how to get into digital, right? I was mainly working in television, like newsroom, stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I really want to focus on getting into digital. Cause I did digital stuff at, when, when I was working at the score beforehand. And basically I was willing at the time, it was like 2014-ish, I was willing to leave sports media to get into tech. Like that's how passionate about it was. This is what, like, this is seven years ago, if you're watching this in 2021, right? And I had a friend who worked for a company called Eloqua and Eloqua is like a big, like B2B SaaS company. And they basically sell like marketing automation software and whatnot. And I was trying to get into there, but I didn't have like any on paper marketing experience, even though I was building Sports Nation for four years, right? right? Like I knew how to, Right. social media. I knew how to build websites, but you know how corporate it is. They need to know what you got on paper. Yeah. Right. So at the time I actually went, I was like, Hey, I'm going to play this game. I actually went back to U of T like, like, um, university of Toronto and I took classes in digital marketing management while I was still working at Sportsnet. I did it even when I was at TSN and I was still doing sports nation just so I can start getting things on paper. So I can work in tech, but because I kept getting kind of like, I would say poached. Okay. So like yep. I got poached from score to sports net, sports yep. Yep. Then, I was just, I just stuck on the television kind of like, yeah, you were there. Yeah. That's the lane you're in. I get but it. I always knew, like, I, I just knew instinctively, like digital is the place I know technology is the future, you know? So I, I would say I was always like, so even taking those classes, remember we talked about like, everything happens for a reason yes like those classes i took in 2014 that are on my resume are the reason i was able to make a smooth i would say transition from sports media into tech in the sense that even when i was doing all the television stuff i was doing certificates so for anyone out there who wants to work in marketing like i would take hubspot um like free certificates whether it is an inbound marketing or email marketing, or even like, um, you know, Google search and display and stuff like that. I would do the free certificates to always have that, I would say like in my back pocket. Yes. So when I was ready to make that switch, it wasn't like I had to go back to school and do another four-year degree in order to get in, right? Isn't that funny how it's always there? The thing that, you know, you're meant to be, it was always there. So here you're taking these courses, or more out of interest than anything else, not necessarily that this is where I'm going to be. And, you know, lo and behold, 
it comes back. So again, we talk about the experiences, right? Like the experience, you never know when you'll need them. And, and FYI, you know, I, uh, once upon a time, I was at the score as well, did an internship there and cool little story. Um, I went to the score and I said, I'm going to be on TV. My internship ended. That didn't happen. I was thoroughly disappointed. But the one cool thing that happened out of that is I made a relationship uh, with one of the reporters there who eventually years later, we started a podcast together, NBA podcast together. So, you, you, you oh, know, you, I know who that is. I know you know who Dave that is. Mendonca. Dave Mendonka. Dave Mendonka. Oh my that's God, right. I just said it. So I yeah. kind of like. Shout out Dave Mendonka. I work with him at Sportsnet. Yes, so that's like, right. That's right. But my buddy Dave. Dave. Well, and I, and I saw, I'll tell you the funny thing at the time, you know, we're talking 2000, I want to say 2006, maybe in and around there. No, 2005. I was there and um, the Raptors weren't great. No one was, there weren't a lot of, whole, a, lot, a whole lot of basketball fans. I, in fact, was a Knicks fan. And, and so was Dave. And that's how we made the initial connection. No, no, no. We're talking I'm Patrick Ewing Knicks. Patrick Ewing Knicks. Patrick okay, Ewing Knicks. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, you know, and so was he. And that was what our connection was. And, you know, we, 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 we reconnected years later. And that's when we did the podcast together. And that, that ran for like five years. We had all kinds of traction, all kinds of, you know, success with it. And, but again, it goes back to, you know, at the time, what I thought the plan was and what I thought the plan was, is, hey, I'm going to work for a sports station and be on TV. But that wasn't the plan. That was it was something else in store for me. And so uh, like, even a, for you with like, you know, you kind of had your own kind of media outlet as well. Right. And yeah. yeah. That, like if you didn't, if you went the traditional route, you wouldn't be doing the things that you're doing now at all. That's right. right? That's, it, that's exactly it. And so you take you go back. There's a saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the saying, but it's something to the effect that. You know, when you live life like uh, I'm the mess it up. I always I, mess it up. It's okay. It's okay. But life, life, uh, and when you live it forward, it's uh, a science. But when you look back, it's an art, right? So you know, I never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you're going and you're just doing one thing after the next, and this is what you should be doing. But then when you look back, you're like, okay, it all makes sense now, and that's how it pieces together. And so, similar to what we've been talking about here, is that you know, you do things in the moment. Because, you know, maybe that the opportunity was there. Maybe you, you didn't know why you, did, you accepted it, but it led to something else, but you just didn't see it in that time. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So. Right? Awesome. But again, awesome. that's all about, you know, not begging to be on someone's table. Build your own table. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you build your own table and it blows up, then they'll probably ask you to come to their table. Yeah. But, you, yeah. but it's because, like, if, even if you choose to go to their table, it's not because you like need to, like you're like, you have options, right? Yeah, and yeah, I think that's yeah. so powerful. And, and sometimes you don't always know those options are there. And I think that's the thing. We just think, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And I'm yeah. supposed to get this degree. I'm supposed to go to this school. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to start in the mail room. I'm supposed to, like, you think get these are all the things. Job. Yeah, you're, I'm supposed <laughs> to do all these things, but re not necessarily realizing that, sure, that is one way. And maybe that's someone else's way but it doesn't have to be your way. Exactly. So that's amazing. You know, um, uh, I, I want to go, I want to touch on the theme of authenticity because that's what I said I want to talk to you about. Uh, and we, I mean, we kind of sort of elaborate on that, but in terms of specifically uh, in, the, in, the, in the digital space, because that's where, you know, that's where your, your flag is. Shirt, though. I'm like all sweaty and uh, stuff. It's like all on the thing. Okay. I didn't even see it. I have, like, undershirt on. I'm going to take this off. I'm not getting naked for your fans. <laughs> know. 
<laughs> not here yet. No, well, no, the weather here in Ontario, it's extremely humid. We're in a heat, heat advisory, right? Okay. So that's I have fair. an undershirt, guys. This yes. is not soft porn, I promise. <laughs> Okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, oh, is that okay? That's no. Awesome. Is that okay? Sorry. It's I don't like I have to represent myself still and I got all these sweat stains and stuff. So. I hear you. But look again, but this is just you being real, right? You being okay. authentic. You're just being yourself, there right? Uh-huh. Okay. There we go. Yes. <laughs> But I, I wanted to sort of talk about the significance of authenticity in the digital space, right? You know, that's right. where you now, that's where you now, you know, you, you, you butter your bread, so to speak. That's where you hang out and that's what you you teach. Uh, you know, you got all kinds of, you know, uh, great tips and helpful things that you share with people online. Uh, but let's start with authenticity in the digital space. Yeah, I think with, I think one of the reasons why I love, I love the digital space is because it actually allows you to have the space to be authentic, Right. And especially when it comes, I would say like from the business side, like if you're, you know, a content creator or someone who wants to be an influencer, or if you want to even start a small business, right? Like in, in, in order to kind of like attract people to your brand, whether that's like a consumer or even like an actual potential partner, like they need you to be authentic. Like people do business with people. So they want to see like the real you. And I think now because the, the, the internet is continuing to grow, like consumers want more out of their brand, right? As opposed to like, they want to know what social values, you know, like, or I would say social causes that you believe right. in, right? They want to know like the behind the scenes of the stuff that you're doing, right? So for people who are in the digital space, and who, you know, have the confidence and the courage to be open, there's this huge opportunity for you to connect with millions of people out there who are looking for, I would say, more realness, right? And especially with the pandemic and everything, and we're all kind of isolated, yep. people are looking for that even more, right? Where I think like with, with you know, traditional media, and I would say like other channels, everything is so cookie cutter and, yes. you know, to be by the book and you have to say certain things and right where I, I would say in the digital space like you have more room to be who you really are yeah and and so interesting because for a long time being yourself was almost seen like a no-no like no no you right. can't do that you know you can't no no you have to follow this script you have to follow this format uh but we're finding more and more that no people want to know the behind the scenes stuff people want to know what you think how you feel about things what your position is or what your opinions are and so uh, and that in itself is a pretty big shift no yeah like for sure right and i and i yeah you are totally right and i think that a lot of times like in the traditional i would say like space as well um, a lot of people are willing to self-abandon who they are just to be in that space. So we're yeah. talking about like, I wasn't willing to change who I am just yeah. to be in. There are a lot of people who are and like no judgment again towards that because I understand how competitive it, it is. And I, and I understand from a societal standpoint, how much society, you know, looks up to people who work in traditional media and like mainstream media and stuff like that, right? And, I, and for, for me personally, I remember when I was kind of like on my journey, a lot of people made fun of me, right? Mm. And a lot of people were like, oh, like you do? Like you're starting a YouTube channel? You know, what I, you know what I mean? Because it was very like, oh, I'm gonna go work at CBC and I'm gonna work at Sportsnet or, or whatever. Right. And right. YouTube at that time was looked at like, 
like you're a loser. Yeah, <laughs> it's not mainstream. What are you doing? Right? Yeah. yeah like, why, why would you do that? But at the time, but I understand that mindset again, but very small mindedness because at the time, like there weren't like huge YouTubers who were like making tons of money. So it, it right. kind of looked at like, that's your, you're going in the wrong direction. Right. But it's weird though, oddly, because I feel like even now, you know, a decade later, people are still judgy wedgy and they still think that mainstream is the only stream. Right. You know what I mean? Even with right. all of the like social proof of so many creators, whether they're on YouTube or social yep. or whatever, yep. who are building their empires, right? And I think it has a lot to do with like, I think the judgment comes with its ignorance. Like right. people don't want to admit they don't even know where to start mm -hmm. you know what i mean sure, sure, so sure. It, it, it's better to just like look down your nose as yeah. opposed to look within and take account and, and take accountability to say like yeah like i think that's kind of cool but like i have no idea how to use a camera yeah yeah and that's okay yeah there's nothing wrong with that right? there's nothing absolutely wrong with that you're right and and and, and what we're what we've now found Nadine, is that the, the the there isn't necessarily just one pathway to get where you want to get to like there are different you can go on the you know on the beaten path or off it but it's just again we talk about journeys right that's just a journey you take and nothing one isn't better than the other it's what's suited for you right exactly and i think for some people, just based on like their personality or whatnot, yeah, yep. you should go be a news anchor on global TV. That is for you. <laughs> right. But for some people, I just see them and I'm like, you need to be on the internet. You would kill sure. it. You would crush it. You know, do you know what I mean? So I'm more on that end because of the spectrum of like, I know what it's like to be an outcast. I know what it's like for people to make fun of you and think that you're weird because you're kooky, you're outspoken, you may have different belief systems than, you know, the majority of society, but the internet has a community of people who are just like you. I'm looking for you. That special sauce that only you have. And I just want other people out there to know just because mainstream may reject your special sauce does not mean you're not special and there is room for you for sure. Amazing. I love it, Nadine. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Listen, this, this has been a phenomenal chat. I've had so much fun. Uh, I think like we said off the top, something that probably should have happened a long, long time ago, but I'm also a believer that things happen at the appropriate and right time. So of course, um, yeah, we couldn't have had this authenticity chat three years ago. No, we couldn't have. No, right? couldn't I was not in that state of mind, I would say. Right. So of course, everything happens when it has to happen. That's right. And, 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 and there's, there's, there's an importance of, of an acceptance of that. Right. And, and, and this is where, you know, you, know, and you talked earlier about, you know, being patient with ourselves, not beating up ourselves and not, you know, being, being, being kind to ourselves. Right. And so if, if you have in your mind, when you think something's going to happen, it doesn't happen that time. It's just not your time, right? And, you know, your time will come when it does. So this has been our time. I loved it. Thank you. If our, if our listeners wanted to uh, connect, learn more about you or catch up with you or even just follow you on social, where, where can we send them? Yeah, well, I'm pretty easy to find. So you can just find me. I, you know, I'm mainly probably on Instagram. So at Nadine Liverpool, you can find me and you can check out my website, NadineLiverpool.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and look, I, I appreciate this so, so much. Appreciate you being on the podcast, uh, talking about all things, authenticity, boldness, audaciousness, all of these things. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nadine. Thanks. Back we are here on the podcast and uh, gotta send a big, big, big shout out uh, to Nadine. So much fun having you. We had a blast. Uh, so thank you again for being here on the Audacious Living Podcast. Uh, I, I really, really appreciate you know taking uh, the time to share your story. It was a powerful one and, and I'm sure listeners walked away with a ton of great lessons just, just by your example. Um, you know, when you think about Nadine's story, she left us with so much to think about. But if there's just one thing I take away from our conversation, it would be this. We've all had that calling in our lives at some point or another where we're drawn to leave that zone of safety, that comfort space, and step into a dark, unknown space where there's really no guarantee of what, of, you know, what the outcome will be. Now, while it may be perceived to many as taking a risk or it's a risky move, it's actually a step closer to our true selves. And when we're being our true selves, there's never, ever a risk in that. By answering that calling, we're inching, we're inching closer and closer to the person who we're supposed to be and strengthening our connection to that individual in the process. So when we hear that nudge, when we get that calling, it's our job to answer it and take that leap into our truth. Hey, listen, um, you can sign up for email notifications of the podcast. If you haven't registered, you can do so by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. All you've got to do is enter in your email address and uh, you'll be immediately connected every time there's new content that comes out. Uh, so I'd encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity and keep in the loop. Uh, we've, we've reached the end uh, of another episode, but before we go, I want to uh, send a big, big shout out to our, our, our listeners. Uh, you, uh, your, your, your spirit of audaciousness flows uh, through this podcast, and I'm uh, honored and privileged to be able to share with you week in and week out. Uh, your, your tremendous support, support is awesome, and I thank you so, so much, and I can keep doing our thing here as you uh, keep showing the love. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time. Stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.